good day and welcome to the Sea Trade Maritime podcast. My name's Paul Bartlett and I'm a correspondent on Sea Trade Maritime News. Today we're going to be looking at ship recycling and have an update on the latest developments. You may recall that we spoke about some of the challenges facing owners of end-of-life ships in a regulatory review earlier this year. However, since analysts expect an increase in the number of ships heading for recycling yards next year, despite today's buoyant shipping markets, we believe that a recap and an update is required. Many experts believe that the IMO's new regulation on carbon intensity are likely to drive an increase in ship recycling volumes because steps to improve old ships' carbon efficiency may not prove financially viable. However, as things stand, ship owners have limited options. Since China withdrew from the sector in 2018, recycling is focused on India, Pakistan and Bangladesh, collectively known as the Indian subcontinent, and Turkey. Meanwhile, there are three sets of regulations that apply to the sector. The IMO's Hong Kong Convention, adopted in 2009, still needs one substantial shipping nation active in the demolition sector during the last 10 years to sign the convention so that it can be ratified. China, by the way, would bring the convention into force. Then there's the European Union Ship Recycling Regulation, which has different requirements and a different yard inspection and certification regime. Then, for OECD countries, there's also the United Nations Environment Programme's Basel Convention, which prevents the export of waste from OECD countries to non-OECD states. End-of-life ships, in this legal context, constitute waste. This is itself puzzling since ships destined for recycling are quite often sold on for further trading in a rising market. In any case, demolition and recycling yards pay substantial sums of money for end-of-life ships, currently about $550 a tonne, so that they can sell on marine components to other parties. Anyway, although a significant number of recycling facilities on the Indian subcontinent have been approved by major classification societies under the requirements of the IMO's Hong Kong Convention, none has been approved so far under the EU's regulations. European owners are in a bind because they must stick to EU rules and so they have only a few EU-approved facilities in Turkey available to them. However, it's even more complicated than that. So even if a recycling facility on the Indian subcontinent were approved by the European Union under its regulations, the yard would still be off limits to any OECD-based owner because of the Basel Convention. However, the European Commission's proposal for a new regulation on shipments of waste has been welcomed by the European Community Ship Owners Associations, which say that the new regulation could clarify the legal framework. The Commission has suggested that if EU flagships were to become waste outside EU waters, they could be recycled at facilities in non-OECD countries, provided that those yards were approved under the EU's ship recycling regulation. 
Importantly, what matters is not now whether a company is based in the EU, but whether EU flagships become waste outside of the trading bloc. Recycling would still have to take place at an EU-approved facility, so the Commission's proposal would still provide a significant incentive for subcontinent recycling yards to undertake the necessary upgrades to facilities, toxic waste management procedures and access to emergency health facilities as necessary. The European Community Ship Owners Associations stated in its position paper, in order for the EU flagged fleet to be recycled in a safe and environmentally sound manner, The establishment of a European list with adequate capacity is therefore urgently needed. This should contain facilities that meet the requirements of the EU ship recycling regulation. It should include facilities which can recycle large seagoing vessels and it should be geographically well balanced, adapted to the needs of an industry operating globally and it should guarantee sufficient recycling capacity that is reflective of the market. As things stand, there are no alternatives for the recycling of large vessels, including VLCCs and Suez Max tankers, Cape Size and Panamax bulk carriers and big container ships. Vessels like these have to be dismantled by beaching, a procedure which is safe provided that it is managed properly. However, the sector's poor safety record has specifically been highlighted by lobby groups which claim that the beaching process is substandard and dangerous. Although there are a few small recycling facilities in some European locations, the underlying economics do not stack up. There is very little demand for scrap steel or other potentially recycled material and labour costs are high. Meanwhile, ship demolition is environmentally unpopular, energy intensive and so on. However, a recently revealed initiative in the Netherlands could be the beginning of a fundamental change to the handling of -of end-of-life ships. An entirely new ship dismantling technology, currently under development, could give owners another option and enable ships to be recycled in Europe, the United States or the Far East. Based on complete circularity, highly automated procedures and no direct human involvement, a pilot recycling facility could be up and running by the end of next year in the southwest of the Netherlands. Circular Marine Technologies International Frank Geerdink, director and founder of the company, has revealed a pilot project in which the company will first take a 3,000 light displacement tonne ship for recycling followed by a larger 88,000 LDT unit to demonstrate proof of concept. Circularity refers to an industrial system which, quotes, designs out waste and pollution, keeping products and materials in use and regenerating natural systems, end quotes, according to the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. Following proof of concept, two more facilities would then be developed according to Gerding, who revealed that he is already talking to potential investors about other recycling sites around the world. Ultimately, the new generation of recycling yards could be capable of taking the very largest marine assets, including ships of up to 455 metres in length.
the new facilities would be located close to or even integrated into new building shipyards. Owners with end-of-life ships would be encouraged to bring their assets to the CMT supervised facilities without being cleaned in any way. The assets would then be brought ashore and sliced into small sections rather like a loaf of bread. Structures would then be washed off using recycled water to remove debris, residues, oils and chemicals. All organic material would undergo processing in a pyrolysis conversion unit to create LNG, hydrogen and ultimately electricity for the facility with significant volumes of extra electricity supplied to the local grid. Other metals including aluminium, copper, brass, stainless steel and bronze would be sold on and the now clean steel would be available to make green steel plate for the construction of new assets. The comprehensive recycling process, the high level of automation overseen by a small number of expert personnel and the project energy self-efficiency would allow buyers for CMT to pay prices for assets close to those prevailing on the Indian subcontinent today, the company claimed. Meanwhile, the ability to use recycled green steel for new ships, possibly at shipyards nearby, would make the ship construction process far more carbon efficient. Thank you.